0: But uh, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Bobby, and uh, she's going to take service today. Thank you, Pastor Bobby. That just makes me laugh. <laughs> well, good morning. Oh, I'm going to start off with prayer, okay? Would you bow your heads with me? Holy Father, I love you. And I just thank you for this day, for this life. And I pray that each and every moment is not wasted, but it is used for glorifying you, God. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people here, for our community that you've placed us in. And Lord, I pray that you would be glorified and multiplied in each and every day, in Jesus' holy name, amen. Okay, so here we are this morning. Hi, Hannah, I didn't see you. <laughs> um, so we are gonna be in Matthew 4 this morning. Matthew 4, 18 to 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So when I was growing up, every single year my family would take a vacation. And we always took a vacation to the same place. And we would pack up my two brothers and me and my parents to the brim in our car and my grandparents would come with us and their car would be filled to the brim and then we'd take the two-day road trip up to Lake Osakis, Minnesota. And we would live in this cabin for a week and when we we arrived, we would unpack. We'd get excited to enjoy the lake and the swimming and we would... um, Acclimate ourselves to the new friends we were gonna make that week in the neighboring cabins But also there were always some of the same people that came back the same week So we had friends there and we were so excited to be there. But the big The big thing was fishing. We were there to go fishing And it was so exciting to go fishing, right? It seems like this big, exciting thing. We're gonna go fishing, catch lots of fish. They put up a fight and it seemed like this super exciting thing when I was a kiddo, that you got to go on this boat in the water and go fishing. And, and sometimes it definitely was a very exciting adventure because if you put my dad and my grandpa in a boat, you had an adventure. Because you had stories. You had um, my grandpa trying to convince us that dogfish were real. Because all of the barking dogs around the lake. He's like, oh, I hear the dogfish barking, they're out. And then my dad um, was like, oh, did you see that flying fish? And tossing fish over the boat. And it just, it was an adventure. And it was exciting. But... Did you know that when you go fishing that um, you have to touch worms, (laughs) and slimy fish, and it doesn't smell fantastic? (laughs) Like, you, you often have to sit a lot and wait a lot. And you don't get to just go out to some open spot on the lake where it's like oh this looks like a good spot and you put your fishing line down and then when you bring it back up there's a flopping fish and it's this great adventure i mean that doesn't happen super often because you had to know water depth and um you had to know like you had to actually do prep work You had to know the water depth, the right time of day, which type of bait to use to catch the type of fish you were hoping to catch, and you had to know which lures and all these things. So you had to do like a lot went into it. And then after you find all that stuff out and and you hope that you're lucky enough to find the good spot, which can sometimes change daily, Then you you get all settled in and you touch the worms and you put them on your hook. I never did. I made my dad do that part. But um, once all that's settled in and you drop your line, then sometimes you just wait and wait and wait and you sit and you wait. And as a kiddo, sometimes waiting is not fun. I'm sure that um, the times that we went out, and there were times that felt like four hours, and my dad's like, it's been five minutes, you know? Like, I'm sure that there were plenty of those things. Um, but honestly, like, it wasn't always this super exciting adventure. Sometimes it was. Sometimes you had this great adventure of catching lots of fish because you found the spot and you brought home a good catch. And then you had the other moments where it wasn't quite as thrilling. But anyway, so then we take our catch and we take it back to our cabin and then we clean the fish. So we put them in a bubble bath and let them have a nice long soak, Epsom salts for their muscles. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's not how you clean the fish. In fact, there are no bubbles when you clean the fish. Do you know what cleaning fish is? I didn't when I was a little kiddo. And in fact, until I was old enough to go um, learn what it means to clean the fish, I don't know what I thought, but it was nothing like I thought. (laughs) And it was not luxurious. There were no bubbles. It was messy. That room smelled really bad. And it was this rugged, outdoorsy, smelly, hard job. So fishing was not like this super luxurious thing. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that fishing was not this frilly, luxurious, clean, easy job and yet that's where he started when he called his disciples he started there with four fishermen because he wanted to build disciples and disciples are learners of a master teacher they are not above the teacher they are learners they are gaining information but But they follow and imitate the life of their master teacher. It's it's more than just learning. But it's internalizing. Embracing the values. Reproducing the teachings. And walking in that lifestyle. In that way. And Jesus was the teacher he was the master teacher and still is and so he is the teacher we are called to model after embrace the values and imitate he knows the qualities and characteristics it takes to follow him and he saw this seemingly ordinary group of people who were fishermen and said, I choose you. He knew they had what it takes because it wasn't just this accident. Oh, I'm just gonna pick the first people I see. Oh, you, let's, come on, let's go. It was intentional. He saw them and called them To be his disciples. Because he knew they had what it takes. Not just to follow him. But to make other disciples. So we're going to look at fishermen today. We're going to look at. What characteristics these fishermen would have had. So I have five things we're going to talk about today. First off. Fishermen knew how to take orders. Okay? So in Luke 5, um, verses 4 through 6, Jesus tells Simon to put his nets out into deep water. And I love Simon's response here because he says, Master, we've worked hard all night. And we haven't caught a thing. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Then after they let down their nets, they caught so many fish that the net started to break. You see, Simon recognized Jesus's authority here. He recognized that Jesus saying to do it meant because you say so was a good enough response for him. And I love that. That was a good enough reason for Simon to do what Jesus asked. And as a fisherman, Simon knew that the difference between success and failure could lie within the width of the boat. This side didn't have fish. This side had fish in abundance. And Simon knew that. He knew that there's a time to question, but there's also a time when you simply need to take orders. And just like the fishermen, we have to listen. We sometimes have to take orders. We have to hear Jesus and know when to do what he's asking us to do, because too often we decide to talk too much. Anyone guilty of the talking too much? I mean, I can. I can talk too much sometimes. But sometimes we talk a little too much and we don't listen enough. Jesus wants to take us to even greater heights than we could ever imagine, but we can't get there if we aren't listening, if we aren't hearing, if we aren't taking the orders that he's he's calling us to take. So we need to listen and hear his voice. The second thing about fishermen is they know how to work together. So, continuing that story, see, I've got my little boat here. This is from Israel. This is olive wood, carved from an olive tree. And this is the story of them catching all the fish. And I put it up here as my little illustration today because you will notice, is there just one fisherman in that boat? The the answer is no. There are... More than one in that boat. So in Luke 5, as you continue in verse 7, it says they signaled their partners to come and help because one or two could not pull in the breaking nets. They needed many people to help do the work. They had to have many people to accomplish the goal that could not be done with just one or two. Let me ask you, how many times, how many times has something needed done and you've sat and you've looked to the left and you've looked to the right and you're like, oh, there's other people that'll help. I don't need to do it. You've like almost removed yourself from the situation altogether, But God placed you in the midst of the situation you are in with the people you are with for a purpose. And he's not calling you to just sit there and let things happen because we are called to walk alongside as helpers and encouragers and lovers of people. We are called to do life with people just like the fishermen, and we need to step up and step into that. It's not the person next to us's job. We are the person that needs to help and walk alongside. The third thing about fishermen is they are dedicated and courageous. Perseverance, patience, dedication, and courage are all necessary traits for fishing. Because, especially in this day and age, in Jesus' time, giving up was not an option. Because your livelihood depended on your catch. It depended on your fishing. Giving up was not an option. Fishermen weren't quitters. They weren't quitters. They didn't have an easy life and it was not easy work. It was hard and it was even dangerous at times because sometimes the waters would be rough and treacherous. And in Israel, they often have winds and squalls that come through the mountains or they have flash flood storms that come and you might have a moment's notice. So giving into fear wasn't an option either because that could get you killed if you left yourself to be crippled by fear. So they had courage and overcame their fears with courage. They had to keep going day after day after day. As followers and disciples of Jesus, it can be hard and scary, and it's not promised to be easy. And let's, let's be real, Jesus is the master of calling you out of your comfort zone. I know some people who have met me who would say, I'm the master of calling people out of their comfort zone, but it's not me, it's Jesus. He's really, really good at that. But we too have the opportunity to overcome our fear with our courage. Back in like 2011, there was a movie called, We Bought a Zoo. And I don't know if you saw it, but there was this one character. His name was Benjamin. He was the main character and he's talking to his son and, um, his son is really scared, um, about taking this next step. And his, his father says, son, All it takes sometimes is 20 seconds of insane courage to put yourself out there. And I think about that and I'm like, all it takes is 20 seconds of insane courage to step forward into the next thing. It is scary sometimes. But I will tell you, I have never had a God who leaves me hanging. I have never had a God who wasn't worth taking that step for or persisting after. He is so good and faithful and worth it. Next thing about fishermen, number four. They are skilled at using their equipment. They know that each net, there are like several different types of nets. They know that each net, each type of bait, each lure has a specific purpose and a specific task. And they are skilled at using each thing at the time that they need to use it. We too are given specific skills and gifts and talents and equipment that we need to wield. Every single one of us in this room has unique gifts and talents. We also are given this beautiful book right here called The Word that is our sword. And we are given prayer As our shield and our defense. But what happens when we leave them dormant? When we leave them just laying there? They don't get used. We can't equip them and be skilled at using them if we refuse to pick them up. No weapon is good just sitting there. No skill is well utilized when it's just left in the closet. It takes practice to wield our skills and to do things well. And I once heard it this way, practice makes perfect. So be careful what you practice. What are you practicing? Finally, number five, fishermen know their moments. They know what time of day is best to cast their nets. They know when to take breaks. They know how the weather is going to affect their their fish and they know how to alter their plans and be a little bit flexible when they need to change what they're doing. We need to know our moments. Remember earlier when I talked about how sometimes we talk too much? Well, sometimes it's not that we're talking too much and failing to listen, but sometimes we talk too much and say and do the wrong thing at the wrong time. We have to be equipped at reading moments. We have to be equipped at knowing when to say something and when to do something and when it's the right time to do it. We need to know when to listen, when to speak, when to take action, and when to simply wait. So, why does any of this matter? Because Jesus said it mattered. He called fishermen who had these specific characteristics to be his disciples, and he calls us to the same. His standards haven't changed. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go make disciples. Our impact is supposed to be ongoing. It doesn't stop just because we accepted Jesus. It's supposed to be ongoing. We're supposed to share it. We aren't called just to remain as disciples, but to be disciple makers. How do we make disciples if we're not following Jesus ourselves? Our own personal level of ministry and impact flows from our level of intimacy with Jesus. So, if we're not there, how can we be out there fishing for for Christ, making disciples? So, I want to ask you a few questions, and I want you to think about it. We talked about taking orders, working together, being dedicated and courageous, using your equipment and knowing your moments. Are there any of those that you're lacking? Is there something, a quality or characteristic that you need Jesus to raise up in you that you're missing? Or that needs enhanced so you can be in full pursuit of him? Or have you been stuck or just need encouragement and need lifted up? And if you have an answer to any of those questions, and you would like some time to lay those down before the Lord, I would love an opportunity to pray with you this morning. As we sing this final song this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step off to the side. And... Um, If you need a moment to get right with Jesus or if you just need a fresh fire, I pray that you would come, that you would ask, that you wouldn't wait beyond today, but you would make it now. Jesus is here today, right now and we don't have to wait. Would you pray with me? Holy Father, don't let us waste today. Don't let us waste today in pursuit of other things, but help us to model our lives after Jesus and know the voice and heart of our teacher so that our lives will draw others to you in a beautiful, intimate way. We know we're not perfect, and so we ask for more of you and less of us in each moment as we follow you all the days of our life. In Jesus' holy, holy name, amen.